there's been a lot of misinformation and a lot of questions I've had recently around electric vehicle batteries and, and what happens to them once they're end of life and once they're dead. And also just a lot of comments around how bad they are for the environment and the extraction of materials. So I just wanted to explore this in a little bit more detail, pull together some stats around several key areas. So I'm going to be talking around the average lifespan of the batteries, the carbon footprint of producing a battery, how much lithium one can kind of contains and consumes, um, the recycling of EV batteries, second life and comparison to petrol cars, and then a summary conclusion at the end. So please be- strap in for this one because it might be slightly longer than my usual 10-minute aim um, for, the, for these kind of episodes. So where this came, came from really is a lot of people discussing them and saying how uh, electric vehicle batteries are probably not... Uh, the concern being that EVs aren't worth switching to because they have too much um, environmental impact and it's too negative. And really that isn't necessarily sort of true in the fact that they do take a lot of minerals and they do take a lot of um, uh, kind of resource extraction and they are quite intensive to build. However, people don't seem to be comparing that against petrol cars and the, the entire well-to-wheel figures for petrol, which we'll come on to later. So... This has come out of slight frustration, really, with a lot of misinformation happening out there. Let's start with the average lifespan of an electric vehicle battery. So on the market now, if you go into basically any major manufacturer of these, so whether that's Nissan, whether that's Renault, whether it's Jaguar, Tesla, etc., they all have a guarantee of around 100,000 miles. So the battery will be guaranteed for 100,000 miles. If it breaks during that time, then they will replace it. Obviously, check the small print, but yeah. Um... The average UK uh, mileage is around 7,500 miles. So based on the average usage that a UK consumer currently does in terms of driving around, that that battery will last around 13 years. Now, most of those batteries are guaranteed for eight years or 100,000 miles. So it might be that there's some some usage there that you're not covered in the guarantee for based on your usage. But either way, if it's guaranteed for 100,000 miles, that will last you probably about 13 years or so. Just to look at some real-world examples of this, so there is a Nissan Leaf that is uh, there's a YouTube channel which I'll, is in the is in the show notes, and all the references for this will be in the show notes. The Nissan Leaf is being tested currently with a company called Octopus, who are doing vehicle-to-grid technology. So this is quite an intensive test. It's going under. It's in someone's house where basically they, the the energy from that is being used to, to power the house or to um, in, kind of in peak time, and then it's being used to charge overnight as a, a, a storage for that. So it's going through many more charge cycles than a normal battery might do in, in an electric vehicle, but they're trialing it to see what damage it, that will do. So after about two to three years of this, I think that it's been running, they're reporting around 97% battery health. And that's the equivalent to them doing many more thousands of miles than they would normally do. Now, a 2014 Nissan Leaf that was also uh, being used that had the old technology, after so 20, 2014, that's now an eight-year-old leaf that suffered around a 20% loss in terms of the battery life. So this is the concern that batteries are going to be degrading really quickly, and it seems like they're really not. So that Nissan Leaf was using much older battery technology. It's not actively cooled, so it's not being protected against kind of heat damage, which has caused it that 20% loss. In reality, what we're seeing is um, a similar a Tesla that was a similar age that had does have the heat. Uh, protection on the battery and um, the active cooling that there's a tesla that's done 200,000 miles and that suffered a 10 percent loss in, in in battery life so even after 200,000 miles you're only seeing a 10 percent loss in terms of range from that battery 
Compare that to a petrol car, you're going to be seeing a lot of degradation in terms of the materials after 200,000 miles as well. And you're not going to be as you know efficient or as powerful as it was on, on day one either. I've not got stats for that because I couldn't be bothered going into the whole technical of it. But you know, you're know you going to be replacing a lot of parts in a, in a petrol car over 200,000 miles, which you won't be doing in an electric car. So uh, those are two just individual examples. At a broader level, there's a study of 6,000 electric vehicles. And then after, after around six years... 90% or more of those batteries were outliving the car itself. So the car was degrading in terms of the materials before the battery was. So that, you know, after seven years, they're still lasting to around 95, 90% of the battery life. In reality, so what we're seeing is a lot of these batteries are lasting between 10 and 20 years. So they're actually much more useful and they're going far beyond the expected um, lifespan of, of what we maybe thought five years ago and i think this is where a lot of the misinformation is coming from is that probably about pre-2015 it was more of an issue and really was a concern because of the lack of um, active cooling on the batteries which meant they were degrading much faster due to the technology at the time that's not really an issue now so in 2022 you should be not really being too concerned around the life of the battery so that's the the initial average lifespan and just to say that I think you know that usage is going to vary depending on your behavior. So if you are doing drag, drag racing, you are going to suffer slightly heavier degradation over the life of that battery than if you're just driving to the shops to buy some milk. Um, that's the same as a petrol car as it is an electric vehicle. That is not unique to EVs. It's just that I think with an EV, because the battery degradation is so quantifiable, it is a percentage that the car will tell you. You're far more aware of it and it's going to be far, more, it's going to be far easier to discuss in the media because... An equivalent petrol car will not say, actually, we've lost 5% of the power over the past five years because the, you know, certain pistons are wearing out or whatever it might be. So that's the lifespan of the battery that I wanted to get out of the way and the fact that they are lasting much longer than we actually expect them to. So in terms of the production, once it's built, it is going to last quite a long time. However, once it's built, um, that does obviously create quite a lot of a car- of carbon footprint. And I just wanted to look at that as well. So around six tons of CO2 equivalent is is um, consumed to produce a battery, which is quite a lot. So that is a fairly intensive process. That's going to be building it, you know, extracting the materials, pulling it all together in a factory, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And this data was taken from, uh, I think it was from the Polestar Two report. They've they've done their own report on this, which you can look up. Again, it'll be in the show notes. Um, the six tons of CO2 that that is equivalent to driving around twenty thousand miles in a in a petrol car at thirty five miles to a, a gallon. So six tons is a lot of CO2. It's not that much in terms of the the, the you know the, the petrol cars. It's around three years worth of mileage. So within three years of buying an EV, you'd probably be expected to to undo the uh, carbon footprint compared to a petrol car. Probably slightly more than that, actually. I think the total payback, and I did do an episode on this, is more like 30,000 miles before an EV is better, purely because a petrol car, a second-hand petrol car already exists, and you're buying a new uh, electric car, which obviously the metal and the fabrics and all that have a carbon footprint as well. So it's somewhere around that range, which is, I think is, is far lower than I thought it would be, in that electric, you know, a battery is a big, chunky unit that takes a lot of energy to produce. However, once it's produced, it's going to be doing that job for 10, 15, 20 years. A petrol car, once it's produced, it's got a much lower carbon footprint to make the engine. However, you need to keep extracting fuel and putting it into that vehicle over and over and over and over again. Whereas with electricity, you can produce that locally from solar panels or from wind turbines much more easily than you can produce petrol with a wind turbine or a solar um, panel. 
Uh, in terms of the amount of lithium that's in a battery, because that's another concern, is the, is the sheer amount of it. Now, the caveat here is that this is going to be an issue purely because of the amount of cars, but the actual amount of lithium in a battery is relatively small. So uh, 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 I think a Tesla battery weighs about half a tonne, 550 kilos. Uh, that will then contain 8 kilos of lithium and around 14 kilos of cobalt. So around 2% of the battery is made up of lithium and cobalt in those rare earth metals. So the actual battery itself isn't, I wouldn't say that bad in terms of the amount it's using. The concern is, is that right now in the UK, there's something like, um, I don't know if it's 3 million, I think it's, yeah, 3 million cars on the, in the UK at the minute. Let me just, uh, I'm Googling this right now because 32 million, yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to say a stupid figure there, but there's 32 and a half million cars on the UK roads right now. Um, and so if you're going to replace all of those with EVs, you suddenly need you know, 38 million times 8 kilos of, of lithium, which is a huge amount. So the answer really is less cars, uh, more public transport, because cars are just very inefficient ways of moving people around, um, which we'll, again we'll come on to later. But the amount of lithium in, in a battery is relatively small. The rest of this will be fairly much better researched and won't have live Googling for you. Um, cobalt as well, so that's another one that crops up quite a lot in the concerns over that usage. Cobalt is also used in the refining of petrol, um, and I know you can't use it because it's often burned, and that is what is producing quite a lot of the nasty chemicals that you're breathing in from the exhaust pipe. So concerns around cobalt use are valid in electric vehicles. It is not guilt-free. However, we need to compare it against the, the, the active alternative we have, which is the, the petrol cars, which are also consuming cobalt and many other nasties. So, you know, the, the, the cobalt that's also contained in the electric vehicle battery is one of the most valuable resources within it and it's a key part of that recycling in terms of that extraction so there's a lot of motivation here around recycling to, to recover that cobalt because it is the most valuable part and also any figures you see around this which i came across i, was, I found it really hard to distinguish what percentage of the lithium and cobalt market actually goes into electric vehicles uh, electric vehicle batteries sorry because they're also contained and it's very similar technology that is used in your laptop in your phone in your headphones, etc. So I, I couldn't quite distinguish that, but there's a lot of other usage there as well. In terms of extraction, where all this is coming from, in terms of the lithium, Australia is the main uh, provider, so they're producing around 51,000 tonnes uh, per year. This is in 2019 of uh, lithium. And Afri the kind of African countries, so the concerns over slave labour, which again are very valid, but just to put it in scale, those countries are producing less than 2,000 tonnes a year. So a lot of the cobalt is actually, uh, sorry, a lot of the lithium, sorry, is coming from Australia, which probably has slightly better labour laws than um, kind of some other places in the world, but they're producing a huge percentage of the, the global lithium. That is not to dismiss the concerns around the extraction of lithium. They are, as I, as I say, they're extremely valid, but we need to be putting this into context of where this is all coming from and that it might not be quite as big a chunk of the market as people initially think in terms of that extraction. Recycling. So this is another one of a lot of people asking, can batteries be recycled? Short answer is yes, because they're incredibly valuable. However, they're also incredibly valuable as a battery rather than being dismantled. So after being used in an electric vehicle for around 100,000 miles, it, we're still looking at it having 90% or more at the minute of its usage left. It's very hard to find stats on this because not many vehicles on the road have done that many miles because most people are doing, as we mentioned earlier, around 8,000 miles a year. So... Um, it's not actually getting to those figures enough to say with any certainty, but 
between you know, 85-90% at least of that um, capacity is still left in there and therefore it's much more likely to be repurposed into a low intensity setting um, in the second life than they are to be recycled. Having said that, batteries do get damaged and some of those will need to be recycled and VW, Nissan and Renault and I can't remember who else it was, it might be BMW, they all, they've all got recycling facilities and are starting to look into this and there's a few factories in the UK which are trying to do automated recycling because it's far more efficient and far safer than doing it by hand. Um, the challenge really is in producing them, most of the EV batteries are either not yet degraded to the point of being replaced, so the the production side of batteries at scale is really the, the problems we're running into. The recycling side, there's a lot of supply issues in that the batteries are lasting a lot longer than these factories were set up for. So there's a couple of factories in Germany um, which fully charge cover, which are basically sat source of empty because they're, they're not actually getting the supply of batteries um, that are that need to be recycled. Quite an interesting Second Life one as well, which um, I mentioned later on, is around the retrofitting into classic cars. So a lot of these batteries are coming out of a Nissan Leaf, perhaps with... 80%, 90% battery usage left, and they're being put into uh, kind of electric classic cars that are, are, are restored because those cars don't tend to drive more than 100 miles anyway, so that low range isn't really an issue because they're weekend runarounds. They're not um, kind of commuting vehicles. So that's probably quite a good segue into Second Life. Still going strong on 13 minutes, so yes, this is definitely over the 10-minute mark. Um, Second Life electric vehicle batteries. Let's start by just looking at the, the reason why Second Life is so important here. So cars are incredibly power-hungry machines to try and move around. Around 98% of the energy that is used to move the car... Um, sorry, let me start that again. Out of the energy that you use to move the car, 98% of that is of that energy is going on moving the car. Around 2% is going on actually moving you as an individual. So cars are incredibly poor... Um, poor efficiency ways of moving people around at a system level. To put that into context, a UK home uses around 8 kilowatt hours of energy per day. So a three-bedroom semi with a family in it will be using around 8 kilowatts of, of electricity per day. The average electric vehicle battery on the market right now is around 50 kilowatt hours, or you know, that's nearly six days worth of, of usage. So that might put into perspective just how much energy it takes to move a car around so that if you're driving 100 miles or well so 50 kilowatt hours that's probably around 250 miles worth of range so to drive that 250 miles you could power your house for almost six days in theory math doesn't work out exactly but just to give you an idea of context there in that cars this is why we need less cars right is because they're, they're incredibly power intensive for not much effort compared to something like a train or a bus or something where you're moving many people at once the average vehicle occupancy rate in the UK, I think, is 1.2. So on average, at any time, there's you know, 1.2 people in a car. Most people are driving around alone. It's not that there's five people in a car because they do get far more efficient. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. Second life stuff. They are A lot of these batteries, because they're, they're fairly modular, so they're, or they're increasingly modular in how they're being built, so they're ideal for being broken up into smaller batteries and used as power storage. So there's a British company called Powerfault. Um, who are installing old Nissan Leaf batteries into UK homes as a backup power system. They typically won't be putting in a 50 kilowatt battery because of the, the, the economics of it, but they'll be breaking those down into 5 kilowatt units and then installing that into a house uh, instead, which will then run your house for, you know, half a day or a day. Home batteries aren't really designed to run your home for an extended period of time on its own. It is more for 
running it for half an hour if the power goes out um, or being somewhere that you can dump solar or wind energy when it's cheap and then release it back into the house when it's expensive. So it's more of a peak and trough rapid response unit than it is a, a long-term storage device. Another tangent there for you. Um, I, I really struggle to find industry-level stats of how many are being used here because due to the, the value of them, it seems like the, uh, it's going to be very high, but also the data on how much they're being recycled is quite valuable as well. So I could only find some examples here. I can't say that 100% of batteries that are coming out of vehicles are being used like this. I just don't know what it's like. There's a lot more information around recycling rates, but not on reuse rates. And I think my assumption would be that because of the value of these batteries, a lot of them are not even making it to recycling in the first place. They're being reused somewhere else because there's such demand for them in, and these are some applications here. So there's a company called Second Life EV Batteries where you can just go online and you can buy one. So check out that website because I'll have some information on, on applications and, and data. They came up quite a lot in the Google searches when I was doing the research for this. There's a company called Electrogenic. There's a, there's a few around the UK I know that are doing classic car conversions, as I mentioned before, so go and look at them. Um, I think there's just a company called Electric Classic Cars as well, where they take a lot of the old Tesla power packs and, and motors, and then they're putting them into things like old Land Rover Defenders and uh, old Ferraris or old um, well, various other classic cars that I can't remember and think of off the top of my head. So other interesting applications, I think it was somewhere in Austria, they're using it as railway emergency power supplies. So rather than connecting it up to the grid or in, in kind of remote locations, they're using electric vehicle battery packs instead. Jaguar have produced a portable charging system for off-grid power. So I think it was 120 kilowatt hours where it's just this mobile battery unit which, we, which you can use at a festival or at, you know, up a mountain or wherever it might be. BMW have built a fast charge unit from old mini batteries. Uh, Renault have got a, a facility in West Sussex called Smart Hub, which is a thousand second life batteries that are then uh, helping connect to the grid. And then they're taking the the load from uh, renewables when that's, you know, so imagine the, the wind off of the south coast. That's spinning wind turbines overnight when people aren't using much power. And then that's just being stored in this Smart Hub, which is using a bunch of second life car batteries and then that's being released the next day into the local power grid, and that's powering up to 1,700 homes. I need to do a separate episode on this, but there's quite a lot of energy that is turned off at the minute from wind turbines. I think it was around 5% of total capacity last year, um, which was enough to power whales. That They just didn't have anywhere to store that wind energy, so they just turn off the turbines overnight. So there, there is more capacity there that we could be using, and that's where these second-life batteries come in, either at these big units like that, or if they're in your home and, you know, you might your home battery might only have 50% when you go to sleep but then it might have 75% when you wake up because it's been charged at a very cheap rate because uh, it's being powered by wind energy um, VW are also using the second life batteries to power factory robots in their systems um, and then there's another company in Germany that was using it's called Betteries I think uh, that are using it in, in fishing boats. So they're powering fishing boats using these power supplies as well. Again, much smaller than a 50 kilowatt hour battery one. It will be being broken down into a you know three kilowatt or whatever it might be. So plenty of options there in terms of second life and how they're being used. The main application, I think, is just looking at a company like PowerVolt, which are installing them in, in UK homes as power packs and electric um, kind of classic car restorations where people want to have a classic a classic car but they don't want the hassle of, of maintaining it and therefore they're converting them to electric and they're restoring cars that would otherwise be sat in a in a 
uh, a field somewhere rotting and they're not they don't tend to be ripping out petrol working petrol engines they're ripping out basically a, a bunch of rusty parts and then replacing them and restoring them that way so it's actually saving electric uh, saving classic cars by making them electric those are the two big ones um, McKinsey did a report again linked in the in the show notes that, that by 2030 the global second life supply um, could be between 120 and 227 gigawatt hours per year that's a huge amount so if it is towards the end of that so this is the the, the total supply of uh, batteries that are being used and then entering into the second life once they're not no longer used in vehicles if it is towards the end of that figure that 227 gigawatt hours per year it's, they also expect the the grid level amount of utility demand for the second for, for kind of battery storage to be 183 gigawatt hours. So we could be in a position where we've got more battery storage from Second Life EV batteries than we actually know what to do with, which then puts us in a, in a very strong position because that means you can start storing all of this excess renewable energy in these batteries, which is far more effective than um, doing it into into like hydrogen or something like that. Just a quick note on this in terms of the efficiency of cars as well and why electric vehicles are still very good because of this and, and despite the amount of energy that goes into a creating a battery. Um, so we, well, let's, let's take a, a quick pause. So we know that an electric vehicle battery is quite energy intensive to create. However, once it's created, it's going to last for around between 8 and 13 years in a, in, a, in a vehicle based on average usage and then after that there are a range of different options for it to be used in second life whether that's in your home in another car or um, in a kind of grid level storage facility so that's very good comparing that to the alternative of something like a petrol car so as i mentioned earlier cars are very inefficient only around two percent of the energy that you're actually expending is going on moving you the rest of it is going on moving this big metal object around which most of the time is, is fairly empty of any goods or any of any other people. However, electric vehicles are still incredibly efficient at that. The ability, ability being that once you've generated electricity, you can store it and then just plug it straight into the car. There's not that much of a um, extra network that's needed. So this is where we come to the well-to-wheel figure. So well-to-wheel means, it's language traditionally from uh, fossil fuels, is that if you're taking something out of the ground somewhere else where it's, um, you know, an oil well in Saudi Arabia, perhaps, you'll then got to take that oil, process it, refine it, and transport it through to the end user. So before you get to put it in your petrol tank, it will have gone through an entire life cycle of being refined and moved around, also on fossil fuel ships. So I think 40% of global trade, um, of global transport emissions, sorry, 40% of global trade emissions are on transporting fossil fuels around so they're not, it's not even them being used that's just being them shipped around so there's a huge percent there that could be saved by moving to electric in terms of the efficiency of that those figures so a petrol car the amount of energy that is put in and then that is actually used you're looking at around 13 percent so that's from the well to the wheel so the amount of energy that it takes to extract the the fossil fuel through to it being used to move that wheel in your car is around 13 percent of the energy uh, hydrogen fuel cells they're around they're a bit more efficient because you can generally produce it much closer to the, the where it's being used and the, the processes within the refinery and, and moving that hydrogen through is a little bit more efficient and that's around 22 percent efficiency so the amount of energy it takes to create hydrogen is quite high and therefore it's, it's still not as efficient. 
with an electric battery because the battery is storing the electricity quite directly so you can take it from your solar roof and then put it into your electric vehicle as a, as a direct feed and then that will then turn the wheel. Um, we're looking at around 73% efficiency. So just to summarize there, a, a petrol vehicle efficiency is around 13%, a hydrogen vehicle is 22% and an electric vehicle is 73%. So huge differences there in terms of how much more efficient they are at the amount of energy that's going into it and therefore the more energy produced, the more of it we can actually use compared to something else like petrol. Uh, in terms of the engines just in the car, so that's the entire well-to-wheel. Just looking at the, the vehicle itself, uh, a petrol engine is around 30 or 40% efficient at the minute. And that's, that's obviously gone up quite a lot over the past half a century of different refinements. But that's to say that of the, if you're putting in one kilowatt hours worth of energy in, in petrol, uh, around 30 or 40% of that is being used to actually turn the wheels. Compare that to an electric motor, electric motors at the minute are around 85% efficient. So again, of that one kilowatt hour you put in, around 850 watt hours of that is actually being used and utilised. The rest will be lost in just inefficiencies and various physics-based things that I don't really understand. However, those are the numbers. So, what does all this mean? Why have I been rambling on for this for so long? Let's just bring this to a conclusion and then you can have a read through the um, different notes that I've put if you want to read more upon this. So yes, electric vehicle batteries are quite bad for the environment because they do take a lot of resources to construct and to build. Ideally, we wouldn't be using as many cars in the country because they are very inefficient ways of moving people around. And the answer really is more things like electric bikes, um, trains, trams, public transport, where just the efficiencies are much higher. So you need less batteries overall and you need to do less resource extraction. However, electric vehicle batteries are... Well, sorry, electric cars are effectively mobile batteries and they therefore do answer some of the problems with renewables because we can start using them to store energy such as vehicle-to-grid applications or through second-life usage of the batteries in storage facilities. Imagine your car being plugged in overnight, it might actually then start charging it because we know that your electric vehicle battery is probably going to be many times bigger than your house battery if you do even have one of those. So there's a lot here where... where Rather than thinking of these of cars as just units that sit around 95% of the time taking up space, they can then become a mobile network of uh, mobile batteries. So once produced, an electric vehicle battery will last around 100,000 miles or probably more likely around 10 to 15 years before it starts to grade into the point where you might want to swap it out. However, on basic stats at the minute, we're seeing around 10 to 15%, uh, sorry, we're seeing yeah, around 10% degradation over that period. So even after 15 years, you might have an electric vehicle that has still got 90 or 95% of its battery capacity remaining and therefore is very usable. The carbon footprint of producing that battery will be undone between you know, in around 30,000 miles, if not less, compared to buying a, a petrol car, purely because once that battery is produced, it will last a lot longer. And every time you drive a mile in a petrol car, you are creating emissions which you are not in a electric vehicle, um, depending on where the energy is coming from. But as the grid decarbonizes more, it's getting those numbers are already going to shrink. It's, it's not going to go up necessarily a huge amount. And finally, the, yeah, the energy efficiency around a petrol car is still extraordinarily bad. So when comparing electric vehicles to petrol ones and, and your concerns over lithium or lithium extraction and all of that, you really need to be also thinking about well, what what's the damage that's being done in trying to extract oil. We don't need many to look very far to see many examples of that. For example, the Gulf of Mexico currently being on fire underwater because of the, the oil well and various other, um, is it the 2007 
disaster with BP. I can't remember the name of it now, but you know the big oil spill that caused billions of of damage to nature and to people. The oil extraction and refining uses a lot of energy. Um, before it even gets to your car, electric vehicles are better at that because you can you can generate that uh, electricity locally. However, yes, they are still fairly hefty in terms of the uh, extraction of materials to create them. So the answer, as before, is less cars, more of them electric, not just more electric cars. Hopefully that's been a bit of a um, comprehensive roundup of why electric vehicle batteries are pretty good and why you shouldn't be too concerned about their usage after their their life. So once an electric vehicle battery is produced, it will be used many, many times, and recycling isn't really even part of the picture at the minute, purely because they're so valuable as a, as a battery in second life. There's plenty of different and exciting applications for these that are coming through. There's more coming through every week, so do keep your eye out uh, for these developments, and maybe look at someone like PowerVault uh, if you are considering buying a home battery, because that's where they're being reused. Uh, and it is a uh, a good source. So again, links are in the show notes. Hopefully that's all made sense. If you would like to comment or disagree with anything I've said or would like more information, please drop me an email on adam at small99.co.uk and I will see you next time for hopefully a far shorter uh, episode of the podcast. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>